0: the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health and reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and those who have been through extreme adversity.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect campaign. And today we're up to episode A already. 2020, I said, you were, I said to you that we were going to go big and we have not stopped. Today, I've got my first international guest. Not in studio, but we're going to be calling them from New Caledonia. Now, this guy has had an incredible career throughout New Caledonia, where he's actually originally from through to Australia, then to London and then L.A., um we actually caught up in Sydney a few years ago and have remained friends and have just watched his career going from strength to strength guys so it's incredible to see where he's been at but along the way he's had his struggles which we're going to talk about today I mean being in the entertainment industry it's one of the hardest gigs so I always say when people think and and people do say and judge and go what do these people know we see them on the on the soaps we see them in the magazines like they've got the perfect life Guys, seriously, like everybody's got a story and to actually go through some of the stuff that these guys have to do, it's anxiety ridden, performance anxiety, depression. There is a lot of stuff. So we're going to talk to this guy about that today. Um, and just what he's gone through himself, but what he's seen within that entertainment industry as well. But let me, uh, without further ado, tell you a little bit more about him. Then I'm going to give him a quick call and we're going to get him on the phone for a chat. So he was originally born in New Caledonia, as I mentioned to a French father and Mauritian mother and grew up speaking both French and English. From an early age, he showed an aptitude for sports and the arts, but it wasn't until he left high school that he discovered his real passion for acting. Moving from New Caledonia to Australia, he completed a Bachelor of Performance at the Australian Academy of Dramatic Art, as well as training with the Actors Centre, Legs on the Wall and Sydney Chamber Opera. The ability to act both in French and English without an accent has been a real asset to him and he secured roles in the well-known Australian TV soap Neighbours, the US TV series Deadly Women and the award-winning film Emo the Musical. Guys, not only has he done that, me being English, he messaged me one week and funny story, he was like, I'm going to be on a well-known British British soap. And I'm like, which one? Coronation Street, EastEnders or Emmerdale? And he said, Coronation Street. So to me, I was like, dude, you have made it. Once you have made it on Coronation Street in England, Britain, everyone will know your face. So (laughs) really proud moment um, to hear that a mate had made it on Coronation Street. So without further ado, guys, we're going to get this guy on. Yeah. So Kevin Claire. I'm going to give him a quick call now. Let's see what he is up to. Hey, man. What's up? Hey, Kevin. How are you? Well, you're my first international guest of 2020, so I appreciate you taking the time out to uh, come on board, mate.
0: Sweet, man. Thanks for having me.
1: You are welcome. So, I was just telling everyone that obviously I've known you for a couple of years now and how we met in Sydney, but I've been talking about how awesome you've um, you've gone with your acting career. So, before we kick off and we start talking about mental health stuff, and I was just telling them about the entertainment industry that a lot of people do not understand. I mean, the amount of anxiety that people attain within that industry and depression, it is a hard gig. So before we get into that and delve into that side of things, tell us a little bit more about your career, I suppose, in that entertainment industry.
0: Yeah, um, so originally i'm from new caledonia so that's like a small little french island in the pacific between australia and new zealand so i grew up there up until i was about 18 then i moved to australia um started acting went to drama school the whole thing and uh after drama school you know um i started going out for gigs getting an agent and things like that and then after a couple of years i booked um neighbors which is which is quite um quite well known in australia so that was that was like a goal um that was very important to me and uh, from then on things started kicking off a little bit i did a movie on um, netflix that's called emo the musical so i got to you know explore the singing a little bit which was fun um <laughs> and um yeah I think things were going pretty well but unfortunately um i had to leave after seven years because i couldn't get my permanent residency mm. um and that took me to london uh where i went for about i was there for about a year and a half just came back recently and um, in London, I did Coronation Street, which is quite, kind of like the equivalent of Neighbours in Australia. Quite, and, um, quite.
1: I was just telling them about that before you came yeah. on. I was like, the day that I found out yeah, that you was on you Coronation Street, coronation I was season. I was proud of you, mate. I was like, you have made it in the UK once you've been on Coronation Street. I was like, <laughs> you you, really can't compare Neighbours and Coronation Street because Coronation Street is huge. Australians huge, I mean, Neighbours is is huge in Australia, but Coronation Street, man, bloody hell, that's like, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's it's funny, actually, because <laughs> yeah. I remember telling you about it, and I, I didn't really fully understand that before yeah. I talked to you, because obviously, you're from the UK, so you know all about it. I didn't, and after I talked to you, actually, I was like, "Oh shit, maybe I'm a little bit nervous."
1: Actually, <laughs> <laughs> but, well, sorry um, for that, mate. But it's it, it, <laughs> it's either Coronation Street, EastEnders, or Emmerdale. They're like you are. They're like A-listers if you're on that show when you when you're in England. I mean, <clears throat> but essentially, you've done Neighbours as well, so you know how much English people like home and away Neighbours. So you've done pretty it's a well, weird mate. Thing. Isn't it? It's like, it's so strange that Neighbours and Home in a way is
0: so, so, so popular overseas, even more so than in Australia, I feel like. So I don't really know what it is, if it's the beach life or anything. I don't know.
1: It is, I must admit. So So, being English and growing up, you tend to, you go to school, you get home, you. Your parents make your dinner. You sit down in front of the cartoons, and then it's like home and away yeah. neighbors, and it's the whole way through your school life. You can talk to any English person, yeah. <laughs> and literally, you're just you're just watching the beach life and thinking, oh, how glamorous. And I've lived in Australia for 17 years now, and never watched either of them ever again. Sorry to say, I know a lot of people it's in both so shows, weird, uh-huh. <laughs> but you you can talk about. Home and away neighbours during the nineties, early two thousands, I could name every character and every storyline. Now I wouldn't have a clue, and I've met so many of people of it, and they tell me what they are, and I don't want to offend anyone, but I'm like, it it's just something in Australia that nobody pays that much attention to compared to England. They love it. Yeah, forget about the Looney Tunes. Everyone knows what's going on in Ramsey Street. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, mate, exactly. So then you uh you obviously you're going to L.A., so that's your new news for uh, 2020. Yeah, so
0: that, that that was a long time coming. Um, I basically, without exaggerating too much, I kind of feel like everything I've done ever since I graduated high school kind mm. of led me there just because it's so bloody hard to get, you know, that O-1 visa, that special talent or whatever you call it, visa to go to the States. Um, but basically up until now, all the credits, the resumes that I've done have helped me, me towards um Towards applying for that visa, which I finally got. And um and yeah, now I'll be moving to LA for three years and, and pursuing the the
1: dream and the career there. Very good, mate. So so I suppose with the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and we talk about real stories and sharing that. I mean, for any anyone that here's an actor who's had a successful career like yourself and they think, Oh, he, he must have he, he must be so happy he's done this show and he's done that show. I mean right. it's it's not come without its um its struggles neither has it. <laughs>
0: Nah, it's it's a I always say that it's a very very expensive dream you know that um, people in the entertainment industry have not saying that you know any other dreams doesn't come at its expenses but um, it, it's 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 very very particular you have to make a lot of sacrifices you don't really have stability a lot of the time or a safety net or anything and um, and basically you are your tool if I must say and you have to market yourself and and a lot of it is not in your own hands you know it's right place right time and and you can only hope that you keep getting prepared so that you know when the opportunity comes knocking at your door you are indeed ready
1: yeah and i mean you've got uh what i've noticed from the outside of being in not obviously in the entertainment industry but around you and around guys in the industry is you really need to have a good support network don't you i mean not not just for work but i mean for your mental health as well
0: a hundred percent a hundred percent that's why also i have to say like big 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 shout out to you i'm really 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 proud of what you're doing with the campaign because i I, like you see more and more which is very positive um you see more people talking about mental health in general Mm. but i do think that mental health within the entertainment industry which is kind of like very intimately linked to um social media is not necessarily something that's very very explored and talked about yeah so yeah that, that's that's why i really really love what you're doing at the moment
1: thank you i mean it's coming it's coming to the forefront there's a lot more people that are speaking but i was actually i was interviewing someone for the campaign the other week and, and a question i actually asked him was were you surprised uh, were you firstly surprised that you recognised quite a lot of faces on the campaign and secondly did it surprise you that they'd come forward and spoke about it? And his answer was a mixed bag. It was basically yes and no. Yes, right. in the within the entertainment industry, still within Australia, it's not that much talked about. Mm-hmm. But no, he wasn't surprised knowing that there was that much struggles going on because it's it, right. it's, it's a hard gig with with performance anxiety and then anxiety of not working and then what will people think of me if I go and do necessarily a real job and then the publicity picks up on it and says oh so-and-so's career's over because they're working in a shop and I've still got to pay mortgage and I mean yeah I kind of
0: get where where he's coming from you know Mm. because because even though I think it's pretty safe to say that most people now do have the understanding that throughout our lives most of us will go through some kind of mental health issue or you know um like like an issue related to basically the way you feel not understanding how things are going or being sad or whatever it is yeah but the thing about the entertainment industry is that a lot of it is based on appearance, you know, how you look to the public eye and things like that. And that makes it so, so, so much harder for some reason to talk about it, in my opinion, because if you take something from uh, like Instagram, for example, which is, in my opinion, basically a collection, like an album of the best moments of your life. This Mm is what it looks like for most people. Well, therefore, that makes it incredibly hard to break that cycle and go, well, actually, guys, if I'm honest with you, this is me. I'm at my lowest. I don't look like that, and 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 to actually accept yourself like that, but also therefore be worried of the judgment of others when you're not at your best. You know, so
1: yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough go, a tough gig, and and social media just attributes to, I suppose, heightening all the judgment and and what you feel what other people are going to think, obviously. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: on Instagram the other day, I, I shared a picture of um, when I was in Thailand and um, yeah, it, I look at it now and I was, I sh- I was shredded. <laughs> I was like, I look at it. I saw that, go, was that the the ab guidebook or something? That was like the ab guidebook and I posted these pictures <laughs> and I actually put my truth on it and I was like, externally, like actors and everyone, I was posting these, these on social media, but that time right there, and my wife can attribute to it, is probably my lowest point in my life
0: yeah, right.
1: of severe body dysmorphia. And I hated everything about it. And now I look at it and go, oh, My God. So yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because it, it's like
0: it it really does not have it doesn't correlate. You could look amazing on the outside, but it does not mean that you're happy on the inside.
1: At all. At all. At all. Yeah. I mean, like you've you've openly spoke about anxiety before. I mean, when when did that start for you?
0: Um, yeah so I, I try and, and touch base on it a little bit more often on my social media because I do want to break that cycle and that mold but basically about two years ago I went to LA for um, for pilot season for a couple of meetings and things like that you know and, and, and I went to a few auditions and that was my first role time in LA straight out of Australia after seven years there and it was a big transition you know and I, and I think I kind of underplayed the whole thing but to to give you a little bit of background as a kid i remember being very sensitive very emotional um to give you an example at the end of my high school exam i passed out like literally fainted so i had to do it again Mm. um just from emotion you know and not knowing how to deal with it how to cope with it and to go back to la when i first moved there i seriously underplayed how much of a transition it was and i think i just overwhelmed my body completely and it got to the point where um, one day I had an audition, I remember, for a a pilot and without giving too much away in the scene I was doing, I was in front of the casting director, producer in the audition room and in the scene I was doing, my character accidentally killed someone and he had a panic attack. So I started doing the scene and it was going fairly well and I started breathing a little bit harder and harder because the character was having a panic attack and I actually ended up giving myself a panic attack. And, you know, I very, very, very quickly recognized the symptoms, you know, like I started sweating profusely. I could smell a little bit of blood in my nostrils and 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 just like pain and needles and things like that. And I felt like I was about to hit the deck in front of the producers and stuff. And it freaked me out. So I managed to finish the scene. But after I left that audition, I remember that it literally felt like I had awakened like a monster inside me or a beast, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And for that whole weekend, I was crippled with anxiety, couldn't leave the house. I felt like I needed to get to the hospital. I had completely lost control. And ever since that point, basically, like I am now deeply aware of the anxiety and there are moments where I'm much better, but I'm still very, very consciously dealing with it right now and doing everything I can so that I'm never in that position again. You know.
1: Yeah, and I mean that first time you, like you were saying, initially in LA. So you're basically out of your your comfort zone. And did you have a support network exactly. at that point, or
0: no, not really. Well, I was very lucky. You know, I'm I'm very close to my agent there, and um. And, and it was very nice to have that support from her. She's she's a, a very close friend of mine. But other than that, you know, I didn't really have mates that I could go hang out with or things like that. And uh. and yeah, and, and the thing with LA, as much as I love the city, it's very easy to feel the pressure just because everyone in LA is, you know, so hungry, so driven. You wouldn't yep. know, you know, you've spent a lot of times in LA. Yep. There's a lot of models, actors, artists, painters, whatever it is. And that is very beautiful, but that means there is also a lot of competition that you can very, very quickly um, feel and take upon yourself, and, and your body will take a toll on that.
1: Yeah, it's almost like with with me going each year, it's like you see it, and it's like sink or swim. It's like you either keep up or you get out. Like yeah. Because on, on one end, like we, we've spoken so openly about this before. The thing that I love about LA is that energy and that vibe, and people just go for their dreams. Yeah, yeah. But then there can be a quiet day where you're not doing anything and you're left with your own thoughts and you're like, oh, if I'm not doing this, like, oh, I'm just wasting a day and uh, so-and-so, I'm looking on social media, I'm scrolling and they're doing this and they're yeah. doing that. And you're like, it just goes around in circles. So, I mean, that what you were saying, what you did on stage, um, did you notice there that was a form of of performance anxiety? Because through this campaign, that's what I learned about. It's like you, you said there yourself, you got through the performance, but essentially afterwards it was something that you needed to work on yourself so do you feel that like creeping up on you every time you do a performance um well
0: not necessarily but um mm-hmm. to go back a little bit on what you were saying yeah, yeah that, that is one of the things about la i've heard so many times from people that are from la that la will you know either make you or break you and, and when people from LA tell you that, that kind of puts things in perspective, you know, and, and I guess that applies to life as well, right? You yeah. make what you will of whatever you do, but... Um, to go back to your question, I I don't know if it's purely just performance anxiety. Mm. I think there was definitely some of that, but I've had, you know, by now hundreds of auditions and I have felt nerves before, but I was always able to handle it, you know, because uh, I've read in a lot of books and things like that. and, And I think it's very true that, if you look at the symptoms of a panic attack, for example, and of someone who's excited, the feeling of excitement—it's actually the same thing. It's mm. almost just like a switch. But you know, your heart is racing the same. You might, you know, breathe a little different. You could have, um, you know, f- feel more blood rushing through your body. So it, it's almost like that state of mind. So, in a way, I do think it was related to that performance anxiety. But I also think that it all came down to all the emotions that I, that I had lying underneath the surface that I wasn't dealing with. Basically, I wasn't really talking about it. Like I said, I was underplaying the whole LA thing, not really acknowledging how much of a transition it was for myself and everything, all the emotions just caught up with me. and, And in the end, it just became too much, which is why like you've like been an advocate for a lot of the times, I think it's so important to talk about your feelings and not be ashamed, especially as a man, because I do think there's a bit of a stigma that us guys, you know, we need to be strong. We can't cry because otherwise your mates call you, you know, a pussy or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and I think that really, really, really doesn't help. And we need to start talking about things like that, whether it's emotions, whether it's, you know, whatever it is you're going through.
1: Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I mean, I don't know where this sense of... I know it's old school mentality of where guys really don't talk, but I mean, even even like just picking up the phone now and again or when I've texted you and I'm like, hey, how are you doing, mate? Like (laughs) some sincerity of going behind that, how are you doing? Like... It, yeah, 100%. It, yeah, so at least it's changing, and the vernacular of the conversation is actually changing with more guys opening, which is really good. I mean, through the campaign, you've seen the amount of guys that are jumping on board. So yeah, we're, we're, even just through your pictures, man, like you
0: know, seeing guys that allow themselves to be vulnerable in front of the camera—that's that's something big, you know.
1: Yeah, but th- there's one thing that I keep on telling people, and the amount of feedback that some of not not just the women that are on the campaign, but the amount of guys, as soon as they open their mouth and they use their voice and they, they are vulnerable the power that that actually has and the amount of messages that they receive going yeah. oh my god like you, you've you just you've just taken the words right out of my mouth I was dealing with that so if, if, if you can say something I feel like I can and then they start talking and then they start opening up and I'm like It is just powerful. I mean, this campaign started off as a project and you were there from the beginning when I was telling you about it, taking pictures and Mm -hmm. just, just to see how far it's gone, just merely by people sharing stories and people in the public eye that have got a voice to be able to do this. But coming back, coming back to you, you was in LA for, was that, that, that was pilot season for a few months or was you there for a year? I can't remember now.
0: Uh, I was there only for a few months. Yeah. But after that, it was pretty much the end of that trip for me. You know, like, like I said, it was literally crippling. I I couldn't, you know, get out of the house or anything. And it took me, it it basically felt like I had to relearn and reteach myself how to do all the simple things, you know, get out of the house, go to the shop without getting a panic attack and all these things. And, and I'm good now. I'm in a much better place, but you know, like It is insane. Like if you are not kind to yourself, to your mind, to your body, if you don't listen to what's going on, then, you know, things will catch up with you.
1: Yeah. And I think that what you just said there, you had to retrain, you had to do that. I mean, we all know that there's a controversial aspect of that, of people taking medication. They're going to the general practitioner and they're being prescribed things to like cover that and numb the pain. But yeah. what you do, I, I I take my hat off. And the more that I've done this campaign and spoke to people again, you essentially need to get to that grassroots level and find out where this is coming from and work through it. You've you've sometimes got to feel that pain mm, to know where exactly. it's coming from. I mean, if if you're just going to the doctor and you're you're medicating just to try and hide it, like what you're going to do in the long run if you have to come off that medication or 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 it's not available, like. I think sometimes medication has its place, like there's no denying, like in general practitioners are professional for a reason, they know what they're talking about. But at the same time as that there's still that stigma, especially in, well, I'll ask you actually, did you notice the difference? Because I always do between America to Australia Mm -hmm. and New Caledonia, I suppose, I haven't been there, but in terms of how people talk within the dialogue of seeing a therapist.
0: Yeah, it is very different depending on where you are indeed um it's funny because in australia i wasn't really i'll go off on a bit of a tangent here but pull me back if i go too far basically (laughs) in in australia i didn't really really go down that route you know Mm. i I was aware maybe of the stress and things like that but i was i wasn't really dealing with it you know Mm. so it's it's a bit hard for me to to talk about that aspect but i noticed that in la people were more open, I think, talking about it, but that's probably also because at that time I was really going through it. Therefore, I was seeking people And you was aware into, of it, yeah. Exactly. And that's one thing also, once you start speaking and allowing that part of yourself to come out, I really do think that the universe has a way of bringing those people to your attention that will help you with whatever you're dealing with. Yep. But something that I think is very important to mention, um, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, like medication has its place, but I do think that ultimately you can't just cover up and cover up and cover up. You have to go within and really look at what's actually causing the pain. And it's it's a painful process. You know, it's not right. enjoyable by any means, but it is so necessary. And I really do think that, that you can truly heal yourself in that way. But something that's really, really helped um, change things for me and that I'm, you know, constantly working on is that in the past, basically, I would use, I'm a big advocate for meditation, you know, just how often during a day do you just sit down, do nothing, not on your phone, not anything, literally just be quiet in your mind with your thoughts, because that's what meditation is, in my opinion, right? Well, I used to use meditation only when I would desperately need it in situation of crisis. But the problem is, if you use a tool like meditation, when shit's already bad, then it's already too late. You know, you might, it might help a little bit, but there's already so much going on that it's only going to be, you know, a little break from the chaos, which is why I think it's so important to actually address and use these tools like meditation, for example, breathing, going for a walk when you're actually going well and you're doing good and make it a habit. Because in the end, that discipline, that practice equals freedom. And by doing that, you will put yourself in a much better place in the future when act- things might actually go bad, then you'll be much more ready.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love listening to that. I mean, in the past, I'd say, well, since this campaign, but in the last three months and, and especially in the last month in, in America, what we was talking about, and, and forgive me if I go off on a tangent, but where you where you talk about when, when you're thinking about stuff with a the therapist, you tend to attract those kind of people. Well, yeah. <laughs> In, in another aspect with with me going over and 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 kind of doing the self-development and and then going within myself and and finding out the people that i want to attract and and more in terms of what you were just saying them with meditation and and gratitude mm. and journaling and every single person that's come to me within the past three months have all talked about meditation and gratitude and um, i'm now um associating a lot more with wellness coaches and breathing techniques and it's something that I could never do because you've known me for a while now and I'm here there and everywhere like my my brain's like that as well it's erratic I can't (laughs) I can't can't sit down with my thoughts until I started doing some meditation techniques myself and bearing in mind like you say it, it is a piece of work because if your mind goes 10 to the dozen it's hard to really bring you back to that place and try and ground yourself and there was one, and you might laugh at this because obviously everyone's individual and it works different for people, but I heard mm-hmm. this one, I think it was a podcast on meditation and I was like, I just can't clear my mind. Like, I, I try. And then this one podcast was like, if thoughts come in, you just let them come in and you let them go out, concentrate on the breathing. <laughs> but then it was saying, just picture a little man that's got a wheelbarrow in your mind and is mm-hmm. collecting, collecting all the thoughts of the day anything that's in your mind is putting them in the wheelbarrow is going to the edge of your brain <laughs> and it's tipping right. it over the edge to clear. And you know what? Every time I do a meditation practice now, and I've said it to everybody and they laugh at it, but it was like, whatever works. I like- love
0: that. Is it, is it you <laughs> yeah. the man with the wheelbarrow?
1: No, no. I haven't visualized the person who's there. And I just, I right. just, I just picture this guy and is just collecting all my thoughts and, and, and I'm not going to lie and say it's completely clear, but now I just learned to to go with that flow. And if a thought comes in, I'll let it come and then I'll let it go and then try and concentrate back on the breathing. But it's hard, like you say, it's really, really hard. But It's funny, I
0: have a, a thought that just hit me when you said that, because yep. I, I do think that one of the reasons why that, I mean, I'm no specialist by any means, but one of the reasons why that probably works to help clear your mind is because you focus on something else, right? You visualize yeah. something. But I also think that what's beautiful about that that image that you just talked about is that, like you said, it's quite funny, you know. It's something that you might be doing as a kid, you know. You know, you always visualize things, you play with, you know, action figures or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like in your own world. And I do think that it helps probably in a way connect with your inner child, which is something beautiful. You know, I really yeah. think that that kids are a perfect example of what we should aspire to be like more because they are very, very often a little bit – I'm, I'm going to, you know – Please don't quote me on that. But a little bit <laughs> like like dogs. In my opinion, we should learn so much from dogs. Yeah. And kids are a bit the same. They're always present in the moment, you know? Yeah. Like a dog, you take him to the park. Is he worried about, you know, what is he gonna eat when he comes back home or what you're gonna feed him or whatever? No, you take him to the park. The first thing he goes, he goes, Grass, 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 everywhere, grass. Oh my yeah. god, sniffing butts, grass. And they're always, you know, present in the moment. And same thing with kids. And 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 I think that's what unfortunately we've
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. We've learned how to basically not be able to do that anymore because we're so worried about so many things that we can't be in the present anymore. And and recently, I I can't remember what it was exactly. I hope I'm not going to butcher that quote, but it said something about basically anxiety happens when you're worried about the future, which means that basically Uh. you're trying to fight the way you're feeling right now. Yeah. As opposed to, like you said, accepting it and, you know, just being more kind to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think How can... was it for you, if you, if you don't mind, mind me asking, to, to go to LA recently with the campaign and all that? Because I know you had a lot of a lot of projects, a lot of people to see and all that. Did you, did you feel stressed? How did you handle it?
1: Yeah. So with me, what I tend to do to myself, and which is why the meditation always grounds me, is... Um, is I go and, and things just started happening like really, really fast. So it'd be right. a TV interview came in and off the back of that, I connected with somebody else who invited me to another one. I went to an award show and then I got like on this Amazon show and then another mm-hmm. podcast and a podcast. But yeah, that was good. And I was posting all this on social media and it was happening and it was happening fast. I mean, I was there for four weeks and every day was near enough full. And then within the third week, I actually got sick. Right, like a
0: cold or something?
1: Yeah, with flu. And um, it, it, it was funny because when we talk about like attracting like and people like this, and I've said it in one of the podcasts before, a good friend of mine, Jeremy Jackson, he went on a podcast with these two ladies called Eden and Kim. Now, these do a podcast called Tall Purpose and Truth, and it's all about wellness and mental health, but they're also mediums as well. And um, right. we've been aligned because the synergy it just it just really worked. Um, but that's another story. But yeah. they the more that I've learned from them with intuition and and just going in yourself and that and the universe's way of telling you to slow down. I really mm. have to take notice of those sort of things. And when I start seeing signs that this is a way, and yeah, like like you always know, like we spoke about it so many times, the energy that I get yeah. from LA around creatives and just networking and talking, I love it. But if I have a down day, so I had like three days where I was in bed and I was like, God, I've only got two weeks left. What am I going to do? I need to I, I need to make up. And, and then I was like, Glenn, be present. Mm-hmm. Pull yourself back in check and just go with your thoughts. Let them come in and out. Be present, be happy. Like, look how far you've come and look how this whereas this this self doubt that creeps in all of us it's it's probably the same with you guys when you when you go for yeah. an audition and you yeah so that would say my time in america i absolutely love but i always go and yourself might be able to attest to this i know a lot of people within that entertainment industry go through this and i touch on the entertainment industry because it, it it's going in that creative field and then you come from such a high right to then coming back to say, Sydney, where I'm from, and everything kind of slows down.
0: Yeah, I know it, what you mean. And, and I think because you're so driven as well, it's like you said, as soon as things stop for a second, you yeah. question everything. And it's so hard, isn't it, to kind of like step back and, and see how far you've come because it's easy when you're hungry to be driven. yeah, But to be self-loving when things slow down for some reason is much harder. It's, it's, it's yeah. weird how it
1: happens. But what I did learn from, from those, and I, and I also said to people, on this podcast anything is that i was told to be more present in the moment and trust mm-hmm. so if if you're putting something that would that we can go back and on a tangent and say like for like so if you are so driven someone like me and you're you're pushing 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 mm. if you're trying to do everything at once you're essentially putting out to the universe to push it further away because you're doing right. too much and you're doing you're, you're pushing it away so yeah. relax Put your trust in the universe a little bit, like you've done the work, and just just settle in the moment, and and just look back on 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 things that you've done. Do you know what I mean? Like you can be yeah. so hard on yourself, and I can look at your account, Kevin, and I can as a as a person know you and go, dude, you've done some incredible things. I mean, two big shows, two this this, and no matter what I tell you or you tell me, <laughs> it's our mm. it, it's our brains and our minds at the end of the day go. But yeah, but. And as soon as you say that word, but you're canceling it out because you're putting self-doubt in your mind. So you need to – it really is self-development. A hundred percent. And to go back to, like,
0: something you were talking about before, I think that's why it's so important to have a a support system around you. Because, like you said, for example, like, by just having a chat with you and, like, you know, it it sounds a bit – how can I say that? Like not that deep or anything, but Mm. having a mate of yours, like, you know, when we chat and having a mate of yours tell you, you know, dude, you've been doing great lately or you're doing good. That's super important because sometimes it will be that reminder for yourself that, Oh wait, actually I am doing pretty good. That's okay. Mm. And you know, everyone's always talking about, you know, you should love yourself, which is very true. And you should, you know, not need anyone but yourself. But sometimes to have that reminder and that love coming from another direction is also very, very important.
1: Yeah, yeah, so true. And just listen. Like the, yeah. the, the whole thing with mental health and everything. Pe- people don't need your judgment. People don't need your, like, although you might think you're helping them and telling them your opinion, just listen to them. I mean.
0: Yeah, and and, and I something that really helps me in, in most situations is to just – you know, remind yourself that whatever it is you're attempting or doing, and you will see that a lot in LA. You've, you've been to, you know, a lot of those, whatever they call them, schmoozing events, you know, get togethers in the evenings, you meet a lot of people. Yep. A lot of the times, for example, you'll get freaked out because you'll see someone in the distance that's a bit, let's say, famous, or maybe that you just really, really want to talk to, but you, you've never talked to them before. Yep. And all of a sudden, everyone's at this event, but you're going to freak out about talking to that new person to go just say hi to them just because in your mind, you'll build up the, oh my God, I can't do that. Everyone's watching. Yeah. But the thing is, if you remind yourself that no one actually cares and that even if something bad happens you spilt the drink on yourself as you say hello or whatever it is the the world's not going to end you know the earth's not going to split open and swallow you whole you know it's gonna be okay
1: yeah and i actually think and i always say like are you going to be there on your deathbed when you're 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 like 18 90 years old and look back and go i wish i had or should i have just or should i have just and for that split second like you say you're at an event and and you're so wrapped up in what other people think i mean i went to one in la and i'll i've not even told you this one but i was there and i was seeing how everyone there was it was like the casting for reality tv and there were some of the biggest names in reality tv there which have essentially right. now gone on to be huge names like karamo and all mm-hmm. those kind of people and i was just watching i was sat back watching how it works and Everyone's just around them trying to get their attention. And then I was giving advice and going, oh, if you want to talk to them, you need to like kind of smooch up up to them. And you've got literally like 10 minutes to tell them who you are, what you're doing and give them your card. And I was like, that's not me. (laughs) I just don't, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable like just trying to pitch myself, so to say. I was like, I'm yeah. not trying to sell them something. I'm not selling them myself, but I understand where you're coming from because in the in the world of casting and entertainment, you need to essentially get yourself and put yourself out there. But but, but I with, still
0: agree with what you're saying though, because if you're not feeling like that's something that would be true to yourself, that means you're technically stepping away from who you are, which would therefore induce, you know, all negative, negative emotions like anxiety, like you'd be stressed talking to them and all that stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah. And and you bring it to the service, well, yeah? yeah. And I, I I believe that. And so what happened with me that night was um, I was seeing all these people, all these crowds going around these main 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 stars. Should I call should mm-hmm. I call them? And I was stood there at the side with my with my bottle of water, <laughs> and I was just right. watching. And there was just a guy stood there, and he was like looking at the crowds. And I was like I was like, do you come to a lot of these events? And he was like, well, I have to, yeah, because my fiance, she's she's part of the events and i was like okay i was like it's pretty hard going isn't it and it was like yeah uh, anyway (laughs) like me and you did that day that we met in that cafe all those years ago and it was like you just hit it off on a commonality and you started talking and um anyway we we exchanged like social media and then we caught up on the on the phone and it just turns out his his girlfriend just happens to be the winner of the the Voice America of the last season. And then wow. we called up open. We were talking about a photo shoot. We were talking about this. And he looked at all my stuff and he was like, yeah, you, you, you're sincere. You, you, you're not trying to sell me you or you're not trying to get something mm-hmm. from me. And I think within that industry, it in itself causes stress and anxiety because you don't want to appear that – like some people are really genuine like yourself and you just you, you want advice and you want to soak it all up because she's so passionate about it and then unfortunately on the other side there's people who want fame for the sake of being famous as well right. so it kind of puts you in this this whole do I go and speak to that person and then it's going to bring up all these emotions of stress and anxiety and are they going to think that I'm just there like this person who just wants to be known and yeah so yeah. it's a crazy story and and I think yeah. something, something like really
0: cool, like, that, like kind of comes to mind um, w- when I'm listening to you right now is that I think a big part of the outcome of that story just comes down to showing up. You know, like yeah. you, even on sometimes on days you don't really feel well. You know, you're invited, you're invited to an event or whatever it is. You might not feel like going out. You probably would rather stay at home, watch Netflix, whatever it is but if you just show up sometimes and that just goes for life in general i think you might be very surprised as to what's going to happen you know and and that doesn't mean that you need to show up and like you said you know be in tents, go be in people's space and all that but just show up and, mm. and 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 be yourself be okay and and yeah let life happen as well
1: yeah i mean best best way to go about it and and i always say like like my background in fitness is you, you treat an A-list celebrity like you treat the cleaner who's cleaning the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, maybe I quoted that wrong. <laughs> that sounded really bad. But <laughs> <laughs> essentially, like everyone's a person. Like, yeah, Yes, fun. you've had an incredible career. You've been on some of the world's biggest shows. But do you know some of these people that I've actually met out there, they, they just actually want an honest conversation yeah without someone wanting something out of them yeah without the bullshit i mean the first thing that i start talking about with people is is my kids yeah (laughs) and 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 then they start talking about their family and they're like oh you know what they're not asking me about what i do and because that is a big thing within the entertainment industry the first thing it's kind of like hey what's your name what do you do yeah and it is quite insincere because it sounds like what do you do? What can you do for me? If you're not important, Uh, I'll move on. It's almost like your job defines your work. Exactly. And I think that's something that obviously needs to, like, well, it it does attribute towards mental health and the campaign in that the judgment thing. If you're judging people, mental health doesn't discriminate, neither does your job. Like, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter who you are, what you do. It it shouldn't matter at the end of the day. But um, when are you going to LA again, mate?
0: um so right now i'm still in new caledonia i'll be i'll be in sydney actually pretty soon so if you want to catch up i'll be there for a couple of days we should work something out definitely but um after that i'll be heading to la i don't ha- i haven't booked my my flight ticket yet i should get onto that but probably <laughs> very beginning of february
1: yeah oh nice and jealous well hopefully i'm back out there for march so that would be yeah, cool. cool man um but funny story, Kevin taught my son how to uh, rock climb, so he'll be excited when you come back to Sydney, <laughs> mate. We'll have to book have, in a session. Have you guys with him. been
0: um, have you guys been since then?
1: We've been about two or three times, but um yeah, mate, no, you just... taught him how to get to the top. So he's um <laughs> yeah, he enjoys. Well we'll need to go again when we catch up. Exactly, mate. Well, we have been chatting for quite some time, mate. So I know you've got a busy day, so I will let you get on. But I appreciate you coming on board the the podcast, mate. And um, hope to catch up with pleasure, you when dude. you are in Sydney. Sweet,
0: awesome. Let's stay in touch and thanks for having me on.
1: You are welcome.